0: Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth podcast, the I Got My Mind Set on You edition, as we visit with Greg Cosell from NFL Films and the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN. Greg is a personal favorite when it comes to watching the tape and explaining what it all means. And when it comes to the best quarterback in this year's draft, his mind is set on Joe Burrow. He'll explain why, plus we'll discuss John Ross, Auden Tate, A.J. Green, and much more. And getting back to Joe Burrow, in honor of his LSU uniform number, 9, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan answers 9 questions about the possible number one pick in this year's draft, which as of this recording is only 48 days away. All of that is straight ahead, but first... Here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since... Find my iPhone. On a recent UC basketball road trip, I lost my iPhone. I searched my pockets, my luggage, I searched the team plane and the team bus. No luck. Then... Someone reminded me that if I had an iPad, which I do, I could use the Find My iPhone app. So I clicked the button, and a map popped up with a glowing circle that showed exactly where my phone was. It also allowed me to remotely lock the phone to prevent somebody else from using it and type in a message to help me recover it. As it turned out, it was on the team plane, just extremely well hidden. Hopefully, I won't lose my phone again, but if I do, I know I'll be able to find it. Now, let's get to Greg Cosell. During the season, Dave Lapham and I do two radio shows together each week, the Bengals Game Plan Show on Wednesdays and the Bengals Pep Rally Show on Fridays. And one of our favorite guests is Greg Cosell. He's worked for NFL Films for roughly 40 years and is a master of watching game tape and breaking down the intricacies of football in a way that all of us understand. Last week, I got together with Greg at the NFL Scouting Combine, and I began our conversation by asking him about Joe Burrow. Is he the guy the Bengals should select number one overall?
1: Yeah, that's an organizational decision, but I like Burrow a lot. I think Burrow's the best quarterback prospect in this draft. My guess is, given Andy Dalton's age, that they're going to look to the quarterback position. My guess is that Zach Taylor would probably like a quarterback that he, that's his guy. Mm-hmm. And with his background, you know, the McVay-Shanahan type background, I think Joe Burrow fits that exceptionally well. I think Burrow has pretty much every trait you look for except for elite arm strength. But I think his arm is strong enough to do what you need to do in the NFL. Uh, Certainly, if you're thinking of, let's say, a Sean McVay-type offense, Joe Burrow can make every throw that Jared Goff can make. Um, And Burrow plays with kind of an uncommon poise and and composure and awareness. In some ways, in that regard, he kind of reminded me a little of Tom Brady, just the way, you know, just the poise with Mm -hmm. which he plays. It seems like nothing is too fast for him. Nothing is too chaotic for him. He's very comfortable. He's very... Accurate. And I think that's a trait sometimes that gets overlooked because there's been so much talk over the last year or so about quarterbacks that can run around and make plays that people lose sight of just the ability to make accurate throws from the pocket, precise ball placement throws. And I think Joe
0: Burrow is
1: really, really good
0: at that. I know from previous conversations we've had with you, you like quarterbacks that have that pocket awareness. That yes. Not necessarily going to take off and run for 20 yards. Which he can do, by the way. He, and he certainly did in their biggest games at the end of the year. But have that unique ability to move up a little bit, left to right, step forward, whatever, just to buy a little extra time.
1: Yes, and he's very, very good at that. And, you know, I think that Burrow can do that really well he can get out of the pocket really well he can play from the pocket really well you know because you have to remember one thing we all get enamored with these guys who can make run-around plays but that's not how the position is taught the position is taught within structure when you start with OTAs minicamp whatever they call them these days I don't, I don't know what the term is anymore they both right 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 <laughs> um, but when you start and you start coaching players within your offense you're coaching them within the structure of a scheme You don't roll the ball out and say, let's run around today and see if we can make a few plays. You coach it and teach it within the the structure of a scheme. And it's whether it's three-step drops, five-step drops, deeper drops, off play action. And that's how it gets taught. And I think that that Joe Burrow can handle all of that. Um, I think that... You know, from the standpoint of playing with timing, he can play with timing in quick game. He can be late in the down in the pocket and still make throws. So, to me, as I said, I think he has every trait that you look for other than elite arm strength. And there will be different conclusions about that based uh, on its relative importance depending on who the individual is. Mm -hmm. You know, different people have different points of view on that. But he certainly does not have a below average arm.
0: Does that ever get better in the NFL? Do guys go from having average to slightly above average to good? I think so.
1: I, I think there have been quarterbacks. I think, to me, Tom Brady fit that category. Tom Brady ended up with a pretty darn good arm. Don't forget, he had to throw balls to cut through the wind in Foxborough, and he never had a problem with that. I thought Drew Brees, I mean, until recent years, obviously he's oh, he's older, but I thought Drew Brees' arm strength got a little better as his career progressed. So, uh Joe Burrow's never going to have a hose. He's never going to be Matthew Stafford, but I think you can improve your arm strength a little bit, and some of that has to do with just working on your mechanics and repetitive mechanics. I'm a big believer in that, and I think coaching is so critical the quarterback position. Uh, you know, I think repetitive mechanics become really important. So, so Burrow's arm could could arguably get a little stronger, but it's certainly not a detriment right now.
0: We're talking to Greg Crosell from NFL Films and the NFL Matchup show on ESPN. Did the offense that he ran last year at LSU translate to the NFL?
1: Well, it was an NFL offense because it was Joe Brady who was at the Saints and now is in Carolina as their Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. So, you know, I think you saw a lot of concepts. You know, I even made this this point. NFL vertical pass game concepts in LSU offense. Double post crosser, dagger, post in, all go, H-seam, flood, H-sale. You know, a ton of NFL concepts so burrow's familiar with those they were in a ton of high low concepts against zone which everybody in the NFL runs it's just it's all how you get to these concepts there's not a thousand route concepts Dan. it's how you get to them mm-hmm. and
0: you know LSU did a really nice job with that Joe Burrow's familiar with those some people say one year wonder because he made such dramatic right. improvements statistically at least from his junior year to his senior year should that be something that concerns people
1: you know, you could argue that it's coaching, which, like I said, I'm a big believer in. You'd mm-hmm. like to believe that NFL quarterbacks do get coached. Um, I, that doesn't bother me because he did play the year before. He, he was not a one-year starter. He's a two-year starter in the SEC. Yeah. Um, the offense the year prior was different. Um, not as conducive to putting up numbers as his as offense was in 2019, But to me, numbers are numbers. When I evaluate a quarterback, I'm trying to isolate the traits, the attributes, the characteristics of the quarterback. Obviously, he had very good receivers. He had a really good back. They had a solid tight end in Thaddeus Moss. So they had players. That gives you numbers. But that should not influence or impact your evaluation of the quarterback because you still see the traits. Now, I, in the case of full disclosure, I did not see Burrow in his – the year before on tape Um, I saw other quarterbacks but I did not get to him last summer so I only have 2019 tape as my foundation
0: 15 games
1: it's a lot of games it's a lot of games a lot of dropbacks and I watched almost every game Mm. so I saw I don't know how many drop uh, he had 548 dropbacks so of those 548 I probably saw 400 Mm. so I felt that that was a, a good enough number to be able to get a sense of what his traits are
0: couple more questions for Greg Cosell. You've got some manila envelopes in front of you from the players that you've been studying to this point in the draft process. And I know you've taken a long look at the wide receivers. Everything I I hear from people is this is one of the deepest wide receiver drafts ever. You concur. I do. I do. Although to
1: me, and again, this is all based on film study because I don't work for a team, so I'm not interviewing players. And I know that matters in the process. Um, But to me, as far as the receivers, I would look at Jerry Judy from Alabama as clearly the number 1 wide receiver prospect in this class.
0: So the Bengals have the first pick in the second round, right. first pick in the third round, although I predict they're going to trade down in the second round to get more picks. You heard it here first. So you don't but think they'll draft a 33? I don't. Okay. Now, I know they want more picks. They only have one pick in every round. Obviously, right. they have a lot of holes to fill. They're not going to trade out of number 1 overall. Right. They want Joe Burrow. So it just seems to me when... First day ends, and all these teams see players left on the board that had mid-first round grades. Right, right. Somebody is going to offer a nice package for the Bengals to trade down. That's very possible,
1: and and it probably makes sense for them to do that. It's a deep receiver class. Depending on who the team is, I mean, and how far they they drop from thirty three, they can still get a quality receiver. I'm no good, Dan, at this. You know, knowing you know who's going to be there. <laughs> right. You know, that, I, that that's not my thing. But you can get quality receivers. Now it comes down to what you're looking for because, you know, everybody loves lists. I'm not a list guy because there's, I mean, if you want to take all the 6'3 or 6'4 receivers and put them in one bucket, that's fine. But you can't compare a 6'3, 6'4 receiver with K.J. Hamler from Penn State. That's a pointless comparison. Mm -hmm. You know, K.J. Hamler came in at under 5'9 and about 175 pounds. You're not comparing him to Michael Pittman at 6'4, 223. Um, So then it comes down to what you're looking for in the context of your offense. And, you know, is A.J. Green back? What's their view of Auden Tate? You know, players, how do they see the players that are presently on their roster? Is Tyler Boyd, is he truly a slot guy? Is that where they want him to be in an ideal world? Mm -hmm. You know, these are questions they have to determine
0: as they go both into free agency and the draft. I know you thought that uh, John Ross was a good prospect. I did coming out of Washington. What have you thought of his play when healthy?
1: I think he's shown flashes. Mm-hmm. I think that the health issue, though, is when you can't get around. You've got to be able to play. You've got to be available, and he's not been available because we don't know how he would have progressed if he'd right. been able to play in games. I mean, has he been in the league three
0: years now? Yes. He, Missed almost his entire rookie year. So how
1: many? Do you know? You may not know offhand, but yeah. generally, how many games has he played in?
0: His second year he played a decent number. Has he played in a a full se- a total full no.
1: season number of
0: games yet? No. A uh, total probably, but that, so that maybe would be he's about So maybe played
1: 17, 18 games in, his, in 3 years. Right. And probably a lot of those games he didn't play full games. Correct. So you know, do you this is rhetorical. Mm-hmm. Do you still believe that he has a chance to to be a really good receiver or are you ready to cut bait, so to speak? I, you know, I thought that he was pretty skilled coming out. We know he can run. I thought he showed some route running ability in college, but he's not on the field, so that's you know, unfortunately, that's the problem.
0: Yeah, the sad thing is, at the end of three weeks last year, he led the NFL in receiving yards. Right. Then he got hurt. Right. And there goes another year.
1: Right. And, you know, and it's interesting. I'm very curious to, and maybe you know the answer to this. Their feeling about Auden Tate because I remember Auden Tate coming out of Florida State. He was a little overweight, but I, there was something about him I liked. You know, so you have to evaluate a receiver for what he is. You can't watch Auden Tate and go, well, he's not a good receiver because he's not fast. Well, yeah, I know he's not fast. He's 6'5, whatever he weighs now, but when he came out, he was probably 225. Maybe, he, you know, he looked like he slimmed down a little just looking at the right. tape. Um, you have to evaluate him for what he is. And I think for what he is, he can be a pretty good player. Now, is he Julio Jones? No, he's not Julio <laughs> Jones. But I think he can be a really solid player, you know, whether you you want to call him a number two, everybody wants to get into these designations of receivers, you know. But uh, you know, I think he's an interesting guy going forward.
0: He's like a really good detached tight end that isn't asked to block. He uses his body, right, he gets open, he catches everything
1: in his vicinity. He's got a wide catching radius, he can go up and snatch it. No, I I think he's you know, you're not you're not playing Art and Tate to say hey let's go vertical and let's run deep posts and nine routes and let's get on top of corners that's not why that's not what he is you, and if and if you view that as a weakness then you don't understand the player you know again I guess much comes down to AJ Green now whether he's back in Cincinnati or not.
0: They will franchise tag him if they don't sign him to an extension. So, yes, he will be there for at least one more okay. year.
1: Okay, and ideally he can stay healthy because I always loved A.J. Green. I know he's fought injuries over the last number of years, and he's not a kid anymore. But at his best, you know, I, I he was explosive. I mean, not many guys at his height, and, and he wasn't heavy, but he was still 212, 213 pounds. Not many guys at that size could move like A.J. Green.
0: If you're going to have Joe Burrow starting every game as a rookie quarterback, it'd be nice to have AJ Green as somebody to throw it to.
1: I couldn't agree more. I I don't think, to me, one of the worst things you want to do. Well, and obviously you can't fix every hole because their O line is an issue. And you know we haven't discussed that, but it probably doesn't need to be discussed. It's an issue. Mm -hmm. But the one thing you got to be careful of is you you, you get Burrow, you don't want to have a, a bad bad O line. And that's maybe another thing they need to address you know, with more picks because often you can get offensive linemen second, third, fourth round who can be quality players, but you don't want to have a bad old line and you don't want to have no weapons because that's just not a good way to start a career as a quarterback.
0: I could do this all day, <laughs> but I'm not going to force you to spend a half hour chatting with me. However, here is my hope, that the Bengals get good again so that you will be watching them regularly (laughs) for the matchup show. And -hmm. we will have you on more during the season uh, with Dave Lapham on uh, some of our Bengals radio shows. All right, Dan, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Greg. How great is Greg Cosell? In addition to that conversation, he was kind enough to share his typed-out evaluation sheet of Joe Burrow and allowed me to post it on social media. It includes all sorts of great nuggets about Burrow's strengths and weaknesses, and had the following conclusion. Burrow consistently exhibited the needed traits, poise, vision, clarity, timing, pocket efficiency, precise ball placement, and second reaction ability. Burrow is a high-level prospect with a chance to be an outstanding NFL quarterback. All right, time to move on to Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan and a long conversation he had with reporters who cover the team on a regular basis. I've pulled out nine interesting things he had to say about Joe Burrow in honor of Burrow's uniform number at LSU. And I should point out that I thought that Callahan was extremely candid in discussing Burrow, considering that he's not a Bengal yet. Coaches and front office execs are often tight-lipped leading up to the draft, but Callahan was anything but. So here's topic number one. As Greg Cosell pointed out, Burrow displays innate feel in the pocket. Is that something that can be taught? Or does a quarterback either have it or not
2: have it? I think it's one of the things about playing quarterback that is an innate ability. Uh, you can you can improve it, um, you can get better at it, but you definitely can't inject it into somebody. So either they have some feel or they don't. And he's Joe's got it in spades. He's got a great natural feel in the pocket. Um, you know, just guys that I've been around. Some have really great feel. Uh, some have okay feel. Uh, and then I thought, you know, you can get better though. There is things you can do to get better. You can improve it. Uh, you can drill it. You can do as much as you can. But really, at the end of the day, it's such a feel-based thing for quarterbacks. And the guys that are the best at it, when they can keep their eyes downfield and move and slide and find receivers, um, those are the guys that, that you know you look at and you go, wow. That's that's, I can't teach that. It's like yeah. teaching somebody to run fast. Like You can improve speed, you, know, you can get faster, but either you're naturally faster or you're not. You know what I mean? Um, and he, he's got a very natural ability in the pocket.
0: Topic number two. In his ten previous seasons as an NFL coach, Callahan has worked with two quarterbacks who were the number one overall pick in the draft. Matthew Stafford with the Lions and Peyton Manning after he went to the Broncos. Does Burrow share any traits with the number one picks in
2: 98 and 2009. They don't put themselves in that position um, without being kind of wired the right way. Um, Their preparation habits, uh, uh, just Peyton and Stafford, were two, Peytons are notoriously one of the best ever when it comes to preparing. uh, And Stafford quietly is probably right there up with them. Um, They're two really, really impressive workers and then they're talented on top of it. So you put their talent on top of what they do uh, with the work and the mental part of it, and then you get that. You get number one overall type. And That's kind of what you hear about this kid. That's that's everything that I've heard that, that's been out there. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun. I, I'm fortunate it'll be, if that's the way it goes and I get to go for third number one overall pick at quarterback. <laughs> that's great. It <laughs> uh, usually, usually means good things.
0: Topic number three. Last year the Bengals finished 30th in scoring and 26th in yards gained. The quarterback is one of 11 guys on offense. How much of a difference can he make?
2: Quite a bit. I mean, I would say that we need improved play kind of across the board on offense. Uh, we certainly weren't good enough uh, for long stretches of the season, uh, but they can help the production. They, they raise the level. So, you know, let's say you're, you're in a, a one possession game well, the difference between a one-possession game sometimes is what, what's your success rate on third down. If you're in the 30th, 30, 30, 30, 35%, that's very average. Uh, and all of a sudden you get a guy that can run for three first downs or two first downs in the game, and now you're up in the 50%, and now you've extended your drives, and now you've extended your chances to score points. Um, so I think that if you're if, if everything's being executed at a better level, at a higher level, you got a much better chance to score points and win games, I think. So, uh, it certainly wouldn't fall on one guy. Uh, we need to get better in a lot of places. Uh, guys need to play better from top to from receivers to backs to, to offensive line. The whole thing has to get better. So, um, but when you got a guy that can that can distribute the ball and, and play really at a at that type of level, uh, you, you certainly expect to, to be better on offense.
0: Topic number four. As a junior, in 2018 at LSU, Burrow completed 58% of his passes and threw 16 touchdowns. As a senior, he completed a ridiculous 76% of his passes and threw an even more ridiculous 60 touchdown passes. He went from 16 to 60 it's been well documented that assistant coach Joe Brady brought concepts from the Saints offense to LSU last year. So how exactly did that enable Burroughs' performance to skyrocket?
2: They installed a very pro-style mentality as far as getting guys in space and matching people up. Uh, they were in five-man protection quite a bit. And they did a really good job of exploiting those people that they had and putting them in position to, to be effective. And sometimes when you look, you look at his 18 tape, they didn't do quite as much of that. Uh, it was more just, this is how we're going to run the system. Uh, and I will say, if you watch his 18 tape, his trajectory as the season gets towards the end, it starts to go like this. You start to see all the things you saw this year, uh, just in, a, in a, a larger scale, because it was more game tape of it. But um, I thought he improved through the end of 18. And I think you see him do some things that he didn't do uh, in 19. So he's under center a little more, a little more under center play action. So there's things that he's, he's got such a variable uh, skill set that I think he's going to fit however uh, however you want to put him in an offensive scheme. Um, but I do think that the, some of what they did in, with the scheme in 19 played to his strengths of his anticipation and his accuracy.
0: And that leads to an obvious topic number five. Since Burrow was so prolific in LSU's offense, how does that compare to what the Bengals do?
2: They ran an NFL passing game uh, as far as the dropback passing game goes. So there's not a whole lot of things that, that you watch their tape and watch ours and see that there's there's definitely, we have very, very, very many common concepts. So, uh, you know, the, it's the West Coast in nature, Sean Payton is where Joe Brady got a lot of that stuff from uh, in the dropback game and the empty game. So that's not. All that foreign. I mean, there's a lot of things that that are the same. Now, they did a little. They did a really nice job in some of the RPO game. Um, and there's some things that they did that, that we thought were good. That we'll, we'll at some point, whether Joe's playing for us or not, we'll probably end up yeah. taking just because it was good, good solid scheme. Topic number six:
0: Callahan has watched every snap that Burrow took at LSU. Many of us watched Joe against Alabama and in the college football playoff wins over Oklahoma and Clemson. And in those three games, he threw 15 touchdown passes and no interceptions. But were there plays that many of us didn't see that caught Brian Callahan's eye?
2: There's a couple of plays where you see him and the, the movement's so subtle. And he, he takes just a slight slide in the pocket. Uh, as he's sliding in, he makes a really accurate throw on third down. Uh, to me, those are the ones that make it really that stand out to me when you're watching just the finer points of like everyone sees the big ones you're right there's all these crazy scrambles and moving but it's the ones where he's he slides once or slides slides right slides up or pushes up and he makes an off-platform throw but the ball puts puts it right in the spot where the guy can catch it Um, those are the most impressive to me those are the more that's the most translatable skill you see as that happens over and over again Um, you know the big plays are the big plays they're they're great Uh, you hope you have a lot of them but the subtle movements that he does so well and then delivers an accurate throw.
0: Topic number seven. As Greg Cosell pointed out, Burrow does not have exceptional arm strength. When Callahan watched the tape, did Burrow's arm appear to be strong enough?
2: There's been nothing on there that says that he can't make any throw you're asking him to make. Um, you know, there's there's multiple times where he throws balls to the field, uh, to the far sideline, where you go, yeah, that's, that's more than enough. That's going to get you everything you need. He, his deep balls, I think, got better as the year went on. Uh, he had a couple early in the year where you're like, oh, is there enough there? And then uh, I think he puts most of those things to, to bed when he, when he throws some of the balls that he threw. There's, I have no reservations about his ability to throw the ball.
0: And that leads to a natural follow-up for topic number eight. Just how important is arm strength for an NFL quarterback?
2: I think you have to have enough. I mean, there has, there, there's, there is a baseline uh, of arm strength, and I think you have to have that. But I think what makes playing quarterback in the NFL so much different is that the anticipation and the accuracy are so much more important uh, over the long haul uh, than just pure arm strength. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that can really throw it. There's, and you know, you look back at the history of guys. There's a lot of guys that will come here and throw and go, ooh, boy, that looks great. And they're in shorts and they can it look pretty. And the ball comes out and it goes it goes far and it goes fast. And, uh, and then you, you look at them playing the game and you just don't see the same thing. So to me it's sometimes a little bit like 40 times it. there's guys that run really fast but they don't play fast uh, there's guys that throw really hard but they don't play well so uh, you kind of try to factor all those things in so there's a baseline certainly that you have to be able to, to make with the velocity in your ball but to me the accuracy and the anticipation are so much more important than just pure arm strength.
0: finally topic number nine the Bengals have missed the playoffs for four straight years and are coming off one of the worst seasons in franchise history. How much can a quarterback drafted number one overall invigorate the entire franchise? Anytime
2: you add a caliber player, you're gonna pick at the first overall pick in the draft, no matter what the position, uh, can certainly certainly lift your team. Uh, it does provide uh, an excitement. There's a, an excitement that you're taking a type of player that can really push your franchise forward. Um, you know, on, on the flip side, not just a quarterback, but we took Vaughn Miller and Denver at two overall, and that injected us a whole different type of life on our defensive side of the ball. Where we felt good about offensively where we were, but um, that lifts the whole thing. It, it makes the, the confidence in what's going on that much uh, higher uh, that you're going to get an impact type of player. And really, you're picking the top of every round, so you should be adding three or four impact type of players that the minute they walk into building, uh, they're helping your team. So I think that's, there there should be some excitement about that. Like, there's no, uh, you don't like to be in the spot and I hope to never be here again, but you hope that when you are in the spot, you make the most of it.
0: So there you have it. In honor of Joe Burrow's uniform number at LSU, nine candid answers about the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Next week, we'll hear from NFL draft expert, Dane Brugler. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. Five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.